Hey everyone, a quick word on today's episode. We actually recorded this one a few weeks back before the coronavirus unfortunately had everywhere on lockdown. We talk about some drills in this interview that you can do to better your game, but obviously want everyone to be as safe as possible out there, and that includes your workouts. Uh, we still want to share our guest story and think there's some bits you can pull from the interview to work out from home. You can always check out the Hustle app as well for more options on that front. But now, without further ado, to the interview. I hope you enjoy. All right, welcoming everyone to another edition of Hustle with us. We're hustling today with Coach Felipe Eichenberger. He's the head strength coach for the Denver Nuggets. Before we get to him, I want to get to my guy Craig over there on the other end of the line. Craig, how are we doing today? All good here in LA. It's raining, but uh, all good, Tristan. It's raining. It's raining fire here on this interview upcoming here with Coach Felipe. I mean, he really gets into it with us here from all ends of the spectrum, right, Craig? Yeah, Coach Eichenberger. Um, had a lot of great insights about what it's like being a head strength and conditioning coach in the NBA. One thing that really stood out to me, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to enjoy, is hearing about how he leverages technology in his training. Mm -hmm. um, he mentions the use of GPS, um, some really interesting camera work um, to monitor in-game levels of activity from the players. And so I think it's just uh, really interesting. You know, here at Hustle, we're all about tech in sports. And Coach Eichenberger definitely embodies that. No doubt. I mean, some of these pieces of equipment that he's talking about, uh, I have definitely never had the pleasure of using. Uh, maybe you haven't either, but just goes to show, if you get to that top level, this is what's waiting for you. They have all sorts of different uh, tools that can help you out to really improve your game. Uh, on top of the tech, though, I mean, you could tell in the interview here, Coach Felipe, he has got uh, – first off, he got his job just strictly through networking, which that will take you a long way in the, in the basketball world, and his persistence. I mean, he was calling the former head strength coach at the Nuggets every day for twice a day for you know, weeks on end, and that finally got him just in the door. That's all he needed to really prove himself. It obviously translates over into his training as well, which he talks about, gets very technical with us about what he does to – I mean, he gets these guys – that are at the peak of their, of their skills, almost the peak of their skills, and he puts them on the peak. You know, he talks about guys coming in and their success stories. He gets into it, all of it, with us here. Uh, but we're not going to waste any more of our time, any more of your time here talking about it. We're going to let you hear it straight from him. So we'll get right to it. Before we do, you know the drill. Make sure you're scrolling down. Give us a rating and subscribe to this podcast if we're so lucky. Uh, tell your friends about it. Definitely want to spread the word about Hustle with us. While you're at it, go ahead on all your social media channels and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Hustle With Us on all those outlets there. But hey, without further ado, here we go. Coach Felipe Eichenberger. Can't get to the gym? The Hustle Sports training app has you covered. We've loaded up on the best at-home skills development drills and workouts for baseball, basketball, lacrosse, soccer, and volleyball. Our drills and workout routines have been developed by professional trainers and can be done in the comfort of your own home, whether you're stuck inside during the off-season or in quarantine for the next few weeks. Get it for free at hustletraining.com. All right, here we go. All right, welcome in, everyone. We have with us on the line Mr. Felipe Eichenberger. He's Coach Felipe Eichenberger. 
Coach Felipe is the head strength coach for the Denver Nuggets, the NBA franchise there. Coach, how are we doing today? Uh, doing great, doing great. Just uh, here in Denver, um, you know, figuring out training and happy to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Happy you can take some time away from your schedule here to talk to us as well. Uh, we want to get right into it. We definitely want to start from the beginning where we start with all of our coaches and players. I'll find out a little bit about your background. Now, you've been the head strength coach there for a few years with the Denver Nuggets. What were you doing before, and when did you start getting into this whole strength and conditioning field? Yeah, so it's a funny story because I was born and raised in Brazil. Came to the United States to play in a small school in Oklahoma, northwestern Oklahoma State. And my passion was, you know, it's basketball. And then my sister was a pretty high-level swimmer. And I always follow her training, and I also really thought how interesting was swimming and how she trained, how she ate, uh, all those things. She was like a professional level. When I came to the United States to play basketball, I, I expected to be very, very similar to what she was doing, you know, to like, you know, all the training, nutrition. But since it was a smaller school, we didn't really have a strength coach, so to speak. So all mm. the, the assistant coach and the head coach were doing the strength and conditioning. But I saw that, you know, all the other teams were kind of stronger than us, kind of faster than us. And I'm like, there's some more that we can be doing just to win games, you know. Mm-hmm. And studying a little bit. I mean, my, my major was physical education with sports science. So I start getting really interested in the area and working out myself. I've been working out for a long time. And that's where everything started, where, you know, like I would go work out with the guys at the gym, like my teammates, and try to study and do the workouts that um, our coaches put together for us. But then I was like, well, that's not making much sense. And then why are we doing this? And then just to know the why, that's where my passion started. Then, you know, lucky enough to do a couple internships, get my degree, and, you know, landed with the Denver Nuggets. This being my ninth year, six years in the assistant, and then three years as a strength conditioner, head strength coach. What was your um, degree in? So my degree was, uh, it was a double degree. It was a health and sports science, that they call, and uh, sports management, the, the second degree. And then my, uh, my master's degree is in kinesiology. Got it. So I'm curious, while you were at Northwestern State there, did any of your teammates come to you for maybe some training tips, or did that really start uh, in your internship phase and obviously with the Denver Nuggets as well? Well, there were, actually, it was like the post player. He was in a bigger school, and he came as a transfer, and he really knew and he really understood, not understood, he knew the importance of, like, lifting. So we would, like, go to the gym and, you know, as a young, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old, you just try everything. So, you know, we would go and bench for two hours and, you know, and I'm like, man, that should be more to this. This is cool. And taking more classes and, you know, being around my sister, like I said, I was like, I was going to do physical education for my degree. So it wasn't like, I wasn't really leading workouts for the team, but because, you know, that's the coach, you know, the system and all the games and that they had there. And like I said, when I came from Brazil, I mean, it took me about, you know, two, two and a half years to really fluently speak the language, which I spoke the language good enough to pass classes and play. So, you know, it was, it was, it was like where my passion really started. 
but at the same time, like I wasn't leading any workouts by that time or anything because I had to play and go to school too. So let's let's talk about this journey a little bit more. You know, I know you condensed it for us, but does this mean you had internships with the Denver Nuggets or how did that journey end up there, end up to the pros? It sounded like there were a lot of steps that we skipped that, uh, that you got right there into um, the Denver Nuggets organization. Yeah, so after I got my degree, I did an internship in Las Vegas at Impact Basketball, where it is a training facility for NBA players during the offseason. So I moved to Las Vegas, did the internship for like four months, four and a half months or so. And then I had an uh, opportunity to go to Denver at that time because, you know, I had some friends here, had nowhere to go. I mean, they offered me a job to stay. But then I, I had, you know, I, for multiple reasons, I had to come to Denver. So I met a couple of the Nuggets players at that time where I talked to them. was like, listen, I'm going to Denver. Is there anything you can do for me? And, you know, some of the guys, I'll try to help. I'll pass information along. So I got in touch with Steve Haas, which was the, the Denver Nuggets head strength coach for a long time. And from that point on, I came to Denver with no job, but I, you know, I called him every single day for months. And since, you know, my name was passed by some really good players, he didn't want to say no to me. So he was like, well, I'll call me tomorrow. I was like, oh, so I called him the next morning two times a day for a long time. So after a while, after, you know, a couple of months calling him, he's like, you know what? I have a gym downtown Denver. It's a performance gym. Go interview with my, my head trainer there and see if you can get a job. I will recommend you and we'll go from there. Because, I mean, I think he was tired of me calling. But so then I worked at his gym for a year or so. I was in touch with him. He would bring me in with the Nuggets a little bit to help. And then during the lockout, actually, that was the lockout season hmm. where his assistant left for another team. And then I was training some of the Nuggets players because they were not allowed to train any of the players. So he just passed it on to me. And, you know, the players highly recommended me, things like. And then by when before the season started, he brought me in and he interviewed me and I mean he knew me for a long time already so he brought me in and said like hey you want a job the guys like you I think you're gonna it's a, a good gig for you and that's where everything started wow that the power of networking and persistence there I love that I'm sure that uh, feeds right into your workout plans as well now we're gonna get into uh, some of the favorite drills that you like to do with these professional players but I got a question about uh, when you first get these guys into your locker room, let's say it's a new draft pick, let's say it's a new pickup for the team, maybe somebody you've never worked with before, obviously they are the, if not the peak, pretty close to the peak of their athletic prowess. Is there any kind of test or identification process you go through to figure out what these guys need to work on the most? Yeah, so we have we have some baseline tests that we do as a performance team and as, you know, the medical staff as well. So we do the movement testing. We do a force plate testing, which is a counter movement jump, a mid-tight pull, and then we calculate their DSI. And we also do a VO2 max test, which with the team I found the last three years is better to do the beep test. So we do the beep test with them as a team and it's pretty cool, we get pretty competitive and we got some data. We got some good data on the guys now after three years. 
Real quick, what is that? Um, so what do you mean by the beep test? The like the the beep test. The, what's the other name that they use? The pa- is it the pacer? Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Pacer test. Just the making sure. Yeah. yeah. You run. You run back and forth between the line. I think they're about sixty yards apart or so. You got to make it before that beep goes right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. The pacer test. I know there are multiple names. Like we call it the beep test. So we have the data. So we have the data for three from you know three years now. And then we have the view of two for the players that have been with us from before that we did in the treadmill. But like I said, I felt like doing as a group would be better than doing as one because the treadmill, they would give up after just a little bit. You know, like our vets knew that they only had to go for, I mean, our physiologists were just like, hey, you can go for six minutes max or eight minutes or whatever you can go, just give me your max and measure their view of two max. So they were like going last and last in the treadmill. And just say like I quit, and then we would try to, you know, some regression calculations there to find their view of your max. So I'm like, okay, let's run as a group. But anyway, so we put that all the data together, and then we can we come up with the best plan for each individual player. Then, as a group, we always have our vitamins. The vitamins are a movement preparation, pretty much. So called vitamins for us because you know it's like every day take your vitamins so like this is your vitamins that's going to make you better so it's just a terminology that we use so each player have their vitamins that's specific for each player and then we have the dynamic strength index that we got on the force plate and then we can see where to start working with each guy most likely if it's a rookie if it's like he's first coming in the league we're going to spend a lot of time doing movements with them just because now they're spending less and less time, less and less time in the weight room with their college coaches. So they come in with, you know, not even know. I mean, I, I've got not even guys can hold a plank for 30, 35 seconds. Wow. I got guys that doesn't know how to squat. And, you know, you're also talking about, you know, players that come in, they're, humongous right so like i have this player that he's seven three a crazy wingspan and you know like if you put just like overhead squat with no weight for him he's he's just his posture is not very good (laughs) so what are we gonna do we're gonna start even if we start you know coaching this guy from the beginning from from zero i mean it's gonna take a little bit for him to learn his patterns so you know, we keep basic. I think that, I mean, to answer your question, we divide the groups by, you know, we at this point where we are, I think, you know, we're a pretty good team in the West Conference right now, coming from last year, very successful season. But we divide the, the guys in three groups, right? So we have the starters, we have the stay ready, and we have the development players. The development players are going to be the younger players where they're going to do a lot of movements. The, they're going to do, they, they, they are, they are future. You know, we're training them. There's, there's a probability they're going to play, but they're there to develop. Like we know that up front. The stay ready guy is like, hey, listen, you might play 10 minutes a game, but be ready to play 30, you know, mm-hmm. so stay ready. And then the starters, you know, I mean, the starters just different. They play the most amount of minutes. They're, they start every game. You know who they are. And we just try to maintain and try to keep track of their loads and everything else. So, hmm. A little bit more about players that you first work with. One thing that came to mind is differences between players who are one and done in college or versus 
players that you get who played, you know, three, four years in, in the college level. Do you see any big differences in their readiness for the NBA, especially from a, a strength and conditioning standpoint? I do. I think that players, I mean, players that come after three years, uh, two, three years, they come more developed, like in the strength, is in the strength, the, the weight room. Mm-hmm. You know, they, more than that, they know the importance of the weight room because in my mind, it was that your choice to wait two more years to come to the league or, or was agents and people telling you like, hey, don't go now that, you know, I'm probably not going to get drafted. You know what I mean? So those guys come with a different mentality where they're like, hey, I, I have to work. You know what I mean? Those are the guys that like really need to work. The guys that probably are one and done, they're very, very talented and they have very high potential. So, but they, they do, I mean, they do come a lot more ready. They, you know, they're a lot more, more mature. You know, we try to talk about training age. They have a, a little bit more like years on um, training age versus the the younger guys that are one and done, you know. Any um, bad habits that you see from players who are, are new to the league? I don't know if they're bad habits. I think that I would call misinformation what the league is about. You know, they come in not, you know, knowing that they're going to play at a very, very high level. I also think that a lot of people tell them what the, the, the NBA is about, but they never being around the NBA. So that misinformation makes players like, oh, I've been told this, but it's not actually how it is in the NBA. You know, I think that becomes their bad habits because they come in. I mean, some players really, really come in and be like, oh, I made it to the NBA. I'm set. And it's like, well, not really. You still have to work very, very hard to play. So it's like they, they don't think they have to lift weights. They don't, have, they don't think they have to do conditioning. All those things, they think they got to come in and just play basketball, you know. And I get it. That's where they come from. That's why they got drafted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the NBA is such a high level that, I mean, one through 15 can play, you know. Uh, if you don't get prepared, you know, start that bad habit from the beginning, um, you you might get passed by by anyone, you know. Exactly right. We see the development of some guys uh, from just a bodybuilding standpoint from their rookie year on, and we see the guys that uh, tend to fall by the wayside in that respect. So let me ask you, just from a uh, process standpoint here, how much time do you actually get to spend with the players going through workouts in season versus off season? Well, I mean, the good thing about the pros, you don't have uh, a time limit, so. When the players first come in, we spend as much time as we can with the players developing, right? Mm-hmm. The toughest thing about the NBA is as soon as the season's over, they don't have to stay where they are playing. Mm-hmm. So Denver is it's tough because not I mean, not a single player is from Denver. So as soon as they know like the season is done tomorrow, probably in the next day players are already going back to their hometown. You know, mm-hmm. so it's more like communicating with them, explaining what you expect them to be at when they come back, keeping touch with them, you know, say like, hey, I know you want to go back home, go take whatever, two weeks off, and then start this. Who are you going to train with? And just keeping touch with that player. 
you know, in the NBA, we, we travel around the world. Because, I mean, I've been to Serbia. I've been to a, a lot of countries. You go train players. You go see players. So we, we try to spend as much time as we can, if you know, that answers your question. But right. it also depends where they are. And there's a lot of other things going on off season that we have to deal with from, like, summer league and other things that we cannot be with the players 100% of the time, you know. Right. They are their own person at the end of the day. Now, let's say that it's, uh, you know, you're just getting started to ramp up the season here. Uh, you do get these guys back. They're back, you know, for training camp. Maybe we're out of summer league at this point. What are some of the favorite drills that you like to walk them through? Can you walk us through it, walk our listeners through it, what you like to do to really get them in that peak shape? Yeah, so when they first come in, I mean, they like, people think that, like, training camp now and then is getting shorter and shorter. Before it was, like, a month. Now it's, it's closer to, like, two weeks with uh, preseason games, you know? Mm-hmm. So they come in, actually, like, I – you know, one of the biggest things trying to condition people, people don't understand is relationships. They think just train, train, train is, is the answer. But if you don't have a relationship at this level with a player, they're not going to listen to you. So before they even start training camp, you know, majority, I'd say 90% of the players are in Denver training for the past three weeks. Right. So when they hit the ground running for the first week of training camp, they are, they, they are pretty in good shape. So the first three weeks before training camp, I do a lot of strength. I keep it simple. I do a push, pull, squat, hinge, but we're going to work. We're going to work hard. And I mean, you should be working when you're home. So, you know, I expect not to be like from zero. You know, I expect that you have some training during the summer. So we're going to work on strength. We're going to work on strength for for the first two weeks. And then we start adding some conditioning, right? Mm -hmm. So the conditioning, I mean, players, basketball players, they they hate treadmills. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, we do everything on the court so we use a good amount so like i like to do the 10 that we call which is baseline to baseline that's like kind of one of my favorite drills so you start a baseline go all the way to the other baseline and back 10 times so every time you touch one of the baselines it's as one and the times that we get so it's if it's under a minute and five it's okay a minute and three it's good and under a minute a minute or under it's pretty it's it's pretty it's very very good you wow. know so we use that for conditioning drill but at the same time knowing that you know if you say like hey run this under 105 and you know you can run at the high altitude in denver you get a 107 106 be like all right so he's he needs some conditioning you know so that's one of the drills and, you know, like I said, players don't like treadmill, but players also don't like running without their ball, the, the basketball. So another drill that I do is same thing, baseline to baseline, just you add something, just add a sport-specific uh, sport thing. I give them the ball. So the drill would be like, hey, we're going to get to one side of the course and another side of the court. You start with five dribbles, alternating hands or one hand. It's up to you. So they have five dribbles to cross the whole court. On the way back, five dribbles again. Next time, four dribbles. Up to, like, all the way down to two dribbles where, you know, they have to get there, which just becomes pretty challenging, right? So we're talking about, like, traveling and all those things, but at the same time, I just want them to have the ball and have something to go for. So we start with five dribbles, so five, four, three, and two, and then we build back up to three, four, and five. 
and that's pretty much like running tans but with the basketball right and it's pretty it, it gets pretty entertaining pretty competitive because you see like now two dribbles they look at you like well what? like what the heck i'm just gonna <laughs> throw the ball you know and i was do you like, still keep was that, like well, do you still keep that under a minute or try to well i mean we we do a 30 38 39 seconds so we do 60s for that okay yeah so you know you, you add a ball you add something when you're just running it becomes a little bit more more challenging to run you know um aren't as interested in the treadmill when they've got other options like that but a, a machine that i've heard that a lot of nba players really like is the climber machines like the the max climber types of um, Bertha climber. machines is that that okay that's what it is all right tell, tell me a little bit about that is that something that you ever uh, use with your players uh, we do have a Versa Climber. We do we do Versa Climber classes during the summer. So it, it's it's a really high intensity machine. It's a really good machine, and started you know with a, a team in the NBA doing a lot of Versa Climbers, and they had classes, and now everybody want to do Versa Climber. I like the Versa Climber for high intensity work, you know, because I mean you can do a Tabata, you can do a couple of Tabatas in the Versa Climber, and you'll be done. You can go for meters, and then you you be like, if you really go hard, you'll be like really working your physiological and your physiology there. You know, I we do use it. I mean, players love and hate. You know, one thing I don't like with the first climber is some of our players are too big. You know, even though we have the extension for, I just feel like that's not a natural position for the players. You know. Got it. Okay. And so we talked a little bit about preseason types of workouts. How does that evolve, say, when you're in the middle of the season and, and the players should be in peak form, but potentially you've got some injuries and you want to prevent injuries as the rest of the season goes on? How does that change the strength and conditioning program for a team? Well, I mean, uh, the first thing that I tell the players is consistency, right? So be consistent with me. I'll be consistent with you. I mean, we have we have the deal. We good. But like I, I like I said at the beginning, you know, we divide the groups by you know by three groups. And I mean, the starters are gonna be doing a lot more injury reduction because I don't believe you can prevent injury, but you can reduce the, the amount of injury that you can get. So we will work a lot on injury reduction exercises. And at the same time, I believe is you gotta just you know, stay strong during the season. So we will find ways to lift weights. We will find a ways to lift heavy a couple times a week. You know, give me one time, give me two times a week that we're gonna lift heavy. And then players are like, well, we're playing every single day. We're playing, you know, our schedule is crazy and all this travel. But what I do with the starters is I, you know, some players, for example, in the, in the game day, they come in and do their movement prep. They do their vitamins. During in the morning, you know, they go shoot, get ready, go play. After the game, I mean, we develop a like we had up to five players coming up and lifting after the game, and all the five like three starters. So even though they just played a game, even though they're depleted, if you don't get their workout in, then you're not gonna have chance again. You know, so looking at the recovery window for the hours, that's one of the best times for to get a workout in. I'm not saying we talk about hormones and all that. It's the best timing, but that's the only 
chance that we have. So after the after the game, players are working out as well. If you are in the second group, they stay ready. You're going to lift a little bit heavier. So before games, players come and it depends on their routine. They come and lift. And if you're in the developed group, just be ready. You get you should get get better. You're going to lift hard. We're going to have your program ready to go. Just show up and show you know just be ready. So. Sure. I mean, it's, it's right there in the name. Be ready. So I, I, I'd like to ask personally, you worked with you more than you guys there in the Nuggets organization with using names, without using names. Is there a specific success story that you can that you can tell us about that maybe somebody came in in that developmental group and eventually worked their way up to, you know, always ready, the always ready group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, multiple stories. I mean, there was you know, a player that came in and couldn't literally couldn't hold a plank for 20 seconds. You know, people like the our, our scouts just told us like, hey, we drafted this player. He has a good touch. You know, we're going to bring him in. It's just try to work with him. If it works out fine, you know, let's just keep him going. He's tall. He's got a good chance. So, I mean, he worked, got his nutrition right, got everything, you know, like loved the weight room and, you know, became one of our best players, you know, if not the best player. So, I mean, that's, you know, I can tell you three very similar stories, three, four, even more. I mean, a good thing or a very interesting thing about the Denver Nuggets is the organization never have had a number one draft pick. So majority majority of the players that are here now, for example, if you look at our roster, we always have like, you know, we have a good amount of second rounders that they're pretty successful, they're pretty good. And we have a couple, you know, first rounders as well. But the second rounders are, you know, there's guys drafted like number 40 something. So there are 40 players before them. And then they became the best player in the team, you know. But I mean, that's just hard work and just believing in, in the system. I love it. I love to hear that. Let me ask you here at Hustle. Obviously, we are all about using technology in our training. Is there any kind of tech that you use with the Nuggets organization and implement every day or every every once in a while with those guys? Yeah. So, I mean, we have the GPS. We use the connection. It's the GPS system that we put in their shorts. We clip in their shorts or put in their shorts. They have a pocket. So we use that to collect the total load. That's going to give us high speed, low speed, distance, change of direction, and not all of that. That that give us a, a good amount of load, a total load, to to show how well or if the player's tired or not. And uh, you know we can accumulate that and compare it to game load. Game load we are not allowed to wear any devices, any hardware, but we have cameras around the arena that measure. Uh, similar load that we have with our GPS system. So we know if a player is at 100 accumulated load and, you know, he is at 150 on the game, that's like he worked a lot harder on the game than he works at practice. So that's one thing that we do every day. We do RPEs every day. We use the force plate a good amount. We do, we try to do a couple of times a week, depends on traveling schedule. But that's for, that's like what we are using often. I mean, we use the gym aware as well for trying to collect the RPE for the guys. Because like I said, it's tough to do like, uh, not R, sorry, not RP, 1RM. Because it's tough to get, you know, a 7-3 guy to bench the match to do a 1RM with the guy. So we try <laughs> to like, 
what, how can we get as close as possible to his one arms and make sure that he's getting better that day with the load that we prescribe him, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure as more and more of these uh, technological tools come out, you folks will be implementing them as well and uh, seeing what works best for you guys. Well, coach, we definitely appreciate the time here today. Before we let you go, we want to get into something we do with all of our coaches. It's a little rapid fire round. We're just going to shoot some questions at you real quick. You come back with the first thing that comes to mind. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. I'm going to start where I always start here. What is your favorite sports movie of all time? Space Jam. (laughs) Great. Looking forward to the sequel. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. My question is, what's your favorite basketball shoe of all time? Any Jordan. I mean, I, I, any Jordan. You give me a Jordan, I'm just pretty excited. It doesn't matter. I have some pretty weird collar Jordans that players gave it to me. And, you know, players look at me like, why are you wearing those collars? Like, well, I got it for free. And they're Jordans. I just I feel it. like they're the most comfortable. So. I love it. All right. Coach, uh, best pregame meal that you would eat before a game? Beet juice, espresso, and carbohydrate with with, with with protein, so pasta and chicken. Wow, that's something we haven't heard before. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, keep it on, simple, right? Yeah. On a YouTube, are there any accounts that, that you follow where you end up getting tips? Yes, I mean, there's an account of, like, a good friend of mine, too. It's Science for Sport. That's Max Schmarzel, and he's we. I'm always in touch with him. He's from Denver. I always I always talk to him, and we always talk about training. And you know, sometimes we spend too much time talking about training, but it's it's a good account. Got it. You said that signs and sports. Yeah, it's strong by science. Sorry, the, the website is. I got it. Just want to make sure. Yeah. Just want to make sure I got it because I'd like to look it up myself here. All right, last question here. What's the best pregame music to warm up to? Anything high, anything, anything that's like high intensity, like any hip hop, Drake, Drake, and I, I, I don't know. I, Got it. Yeah, anything, anything that that high tempo, high intensity gets you going. Well, coach, you definitely brought the intensity of this interview here. Appreciate your time again. Again, it's Coach Felipe Eichenberger, head strength coach for the Denver Nuggets organization there in the NBA. We appreciate your time here. Definitely a lot of insight for our young guys out there, and I think there's more than a couple of morsels that they can pick out of this one. Coach, appreciate the time, and hopefully we can check in with you down the line. Sounds good. Thank you guys for the opportunity again. Any, anything you need from me, just let me know. 